This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Some things are just junk. Unwanted catalogs. Bright orange snacks, most of your neighbor's yard sale. You know what's not junk? Your pubic area. Show it some respect with Gillette Intimate. The new Gillette Intimate pubic trimmer is designed for care down there, for an easy shave that's tough on hair and gentle on pubic skin. Put down the old razor or beard trimmer and pick up Gillette Intimate from America's number one trusted men's grooming brand. Gillette Intimate, the best a man can get. Available now at a retailer near you. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as the Spurs result, was it? 
but it wasn't the best. And I, I must admit, I'll sit here on my own sometimes, um, in the corner crying. But <laughs> I'll sit here and I'll watch, I'll watch the introductions. It reminds me how good we are, or were, I should say. But then I'm thinking, am I turning into an Arsenal fan here? Because we've had a couple of seasons where you could say we've punched above our weight. Um, this season, we've struggled. And I don't like to blame injuries, but we have had a horrendous injury crisis. Some of our best players have been out, plus Afghan. I mean, you know, who, who would have known that, you know, we would have lost most of our back four before the season even kicked off? And who would have known we would have gone out and spent 50 million on the total waste of space like Vestergaard? I, I, I just don't know. But then it's only one season. Like I said, and I do, I do look at myself and think, God, you sound like an Arsenal fan. God, save me, save me for myself. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, get over if you're not onto YouTube and give us a little subscribe. It helps the channel out immensely and smash the likes and like the video as well because that always helps as well and if you are listening on catch up thank you for joining us you can listen to the podcast on all the main podcast platforms including spotify apple itunes and google yes indeed this is where we are <laughs> Listen on your favourite podcast platform or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. We're going to bring Russell in. You've seen him before. He's been on the channel. Lovely guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a Brighton fan, but he's still lovely. But I just want to read this out, which was when we did the post-match show, of course, you do get fans from other clubs uh, watching it, especially the club you've just played. And if you remember before, uh, I, I, I upset a Liverpool fan slightly. I think I, I called them all Robin Scousing twats or something like that. <laughs> they accused me of being stereotyping them. If the cap fits, that's all I'll say. But just, just this is what the Brighton fan said, and I don't want to ask Russell what he thinks of this. Um, all your manager is trying to do with these changes was react to Brighton bringing on Lamptey. He failed, but he's not the first Premier League manager not to be able to counter him, which, fair enough. It was a lucky point for Leicester. Hmm. Brighton didn't even turn up in the first half, but Leicester still couldn't get past them. Then Leicester got a lucky tap in. Is it? I don't know. Uh, in after the break, but from that point on, Leicester was simply battered by a far superior Brighton team and obviously better tactics. Two points dropped by Brighton. Leicester didn't deserve anything from today or against Spurs. Now, I'm accepting he's a little bit, he's going to be a little bit biased, as I am towards Leicester. But um, let's see what Russ thinks of this. This is the opposition review. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event of the evening. 60 minutes of football fun and banter with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. Are you ready? Ready? Let's get ready to Good evening, Russ. How the devil are you, sir? Oh, good evening. I am very well, thank you, sir. How are you doing? 
Well, yeah, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been better, but um, yeah. I, as I say, I did, as I said in that introduction, I am worried that I'm beginning to feel like sort of we we should be up there because we have been up there, which is very much sort of the Arsenal view. And you know, you'll know you're you're enjoying your best season for many a season uh, at the moment, and but it does when you have good season, it does raise the expectations, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And this division, it's very easy. You can go on a run. You can be higher than normal. We've we've done that once or twice and then slip back. This one, uh, we've managed to get a load of draws in a row, which has actually left us more or less in the same position yeah. after an initial drop-off um, from the very higher positions we're in. Um, and, yeah, I mean, expectations go through the roof. We had Tony Bloom, our chairman, was, was quoted, what's your next ambition? This is a couple of years ago. And he was saying um, top 10. Uh, we've got that's what we've got to aim for established yeah. now obviously we've got to make sure we survive year on year that's always a thing yeah. for anyone outside the, yeah. the top few but yes. there isn't within that an ambition to do something else and that is to get top 10 which is a realistic ambition for yeah. us i think size a club as good as any in terms of being able to get in the top half you know in terms of fan base we're talking similar sizes to to yourselves to wolves um, you could say Southampton, those kind of, you know, a lot of clubs, roughly the similar sort of fan base. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have got a bit more history of recent times as well, which adds an extra element and probably a better squad still from from when you did. But and for yeah. us, yeah, I mean, top 10 is doable. And you, you've seen year on year that a team will randomly drop out. Everton yeah. this year being one example of that. Um, Indeed, yeah. And, and obviously, you guys have had a bit of a, a strange season. I know 100% the injuries have made a difference to you lot and um yeah i mean i think um expectations can go up and as soon as tony bloom said top 10 for some people that's sort of almost taken as a given thinking right okay yeah. that's what we're going to do and then when we're having a bit of a slide at the beginning of that period after we said it you <laughs> yeah. know we're struggling to keep away from the relegation zone you're thinking wow this is all going wrong and you, you start to get some people and we're talking smaller numbers but some yeah. people are always idiots aren't they at any club uh, in terms of fan bases there's always some some fools who just go completely carried away um, we have we so, have those at the moment there's, there's a little bit of a anti rogers swell oh, developing and you know, I know, it's I just admit, a lot isn't it just temporary it, it is I, I kind of get and i think most of it comes at the end of a game you know, and you know, we looked at that. We changed tactics. We went from back four to back five, and to counteract you, and and we just ended up throwing it away, really. But I do, I do say, I do understand what they feel. But you know, you've got to go a couple of games, you know, a couple of days after your game, and you've taken your blue tinted glasses off, and you've sat there, and you've got to think, well. All right, you know, remember where we were, and I know a lot of fans say, "Well, you can't always say that." You know, you know, Brighton will say, "Well, remember when we didn't have a ground and we were down there," and we'll say, "Remember when we were in the third tier and and we went bust and what have you." But it, you do, as I say, you have a couple of good seasons, but I think this season. You still, I think people are still underestimating Brighton. You know, we we went there. We yeah. we we said at the weekend, like, oh, you know, we should easily win this. But you've got a better away record than Man City. Yeah, we've only <laughs> lost one game away from home. Yeah, yes, yeah. And that was Villa, and that was the new manager bounce game. And also, it's only because we were going for the win that they caught, caught us on the break mm. with the Watkins goal, and and then obviously again, same thing happened straight after. But that was unusual for us even then. I didn't feel that should have been a win. That should have been a nil-nil, that game. 
yeah. uh, an entertaining nil nil was the way I described it as I walked out uh, <laughs> with us having lost two <laughs> nil. <laughs> but our, yeah. yeah, our away record absolutely has it's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do I agree with you. I think we have been underestimated, underrated by some. It's it's weird because people are big. Graham Potter up to the point where some people are saying, is he overrating? Uh, are they overrating him? But at the same time, the team somehow is being underestimated. <laughs> I don't know how that's, yeah. that's happening it's, at the same time. It's weird it because yeah. we get a lot of, um, and I'll come on to Terry, Terry, Terry says no glasses tonight then, Ross. <laughs> I've got, I've, oh, well spotted. I've got them with me. <laughs> it's a bit worried. He, I think he's stalking you, is Terry. I'll come on to his. Is it? Is he's point? not going to mention this cold sore I'm recovering from. <laughs> no, he's that man. He's got you on super large on his telly and on super HD and everything's showing up. Don't but do no, it, Terry. Don't do it. <laughs> but I, I get this a lot. They say, especially from people that say, "Well, well let's get rid of Rogers. Rogers is going to go." And it's funny because when he was being linked with teams at the start of the season the Man United's and even Barcelona and places like that, we always, we don't, we don't, we're not letting him go. He's not going there. And now he's the same. some of the same people are saying, yeah, it's time for him to go. He's taking us as far as he can. But you've got to have a, a bit of reality in your life. And I think, you know, like I say, this season you've come from nowhere. Uh, Wolves are doing better than I thought they would do because I thought they'd struggle after Nuno went. But Spurs and Arsenal have both come back as well. And you've still got West Ham. So where last season you had just Leicester and West Ham, this season you've got, as a Spurs, Arsenal, yourselves, Wolves, all fine for that position that was only us and West Ham going for last season. But what I struggle with with Brighton is it is the Potter hype, to be honest with you. Um, because, like, what has he won? You know, he's he's this brilliant manager who, as far as I can see, in the and I'm no disrespect to him, but you know, come back and tell me he's brilliant. He'll be the next England manager when he's achieved something in England. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this is the paradox, isn't it? Because he obviously mm. was at Ustersons and then he was with Swansea for a short period, and he's been with us. And I think he's done a fantastic job in each of those roles. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that in terms of doing better than. Yeah, he's, he's made them better than when he came in, in each case. Swansea, in a short period yeah. of time, with really big constrictions on budget and losing players and all sorts. Osterson's obviously a miracle story for a smaller club, getting to Europe and and having that brilliant run. For us, um, what he's done, I think, is is a great achievement because he's he's taken it on when a lot of people were saying, oh, careful what you wish for when Hewton was sacked, which I do think was the right timing for that, actually. Um but people were saying, careful what you wish for. But he's taken on the team and we've n- we've not slipped at all in positions and he's transformed the way we play back to a more footballing style that we've been used to before in lower divisions. And yes. it, to do that at this level, when the, the stakes are so high and when the margins for error are so small, um, I think it's it's been superb. And we play an expansive game. What he's also done is brought in the peripheral squad members. This is what Chris Hewton didn't really do, is having a wider squad available to him who can fit to the level that he wants, which is this footballing style, um, attacking play. And so you've got peripheral players who wouldn't have been probably having much more than a very small bit part role in cups, who are now able to contribute in in random games and do quite well. I think Mm. he's brilliant. However... 
yeah, he's not won anything yet. But I think that's because of the jobs he's been given. You know, Osterson's even yeah. he's never going to win the European Cup there. He's got promotions on his on his yeah. CV. Winning the title in his in that country would have been a very tough call because they're not a big club. Swansea, obviously, the circumstances were difficult, and it was only for a year. And yeah. with Brighton, I mean, he can't really do any more at the moment. We've got a bottom yeah. six or seven budget. We're playing yes. brilliant football, and he's not. All you can do is potentially win a cup, unless you're going to change um, clubs and get one of the big jobs, one of the really yes. big jobs. And yes. eventually, I think he will get off of that because I think he'll continue to do good things, improving all the time for himself yes. and, for, and for Brighton until he moves on. Um, Everton, the, the job discussion about Everton, he's not going to go to Everton. Um, at the no. moment, that is not an appealing job. I mean, in the no, future, definitely it will be, not. Definitely but not. not at the moment. Yeah. He's building something here, and it's about the the whole setup is brilliant. Tony Bloom, the the owner and chairman, uh, Paul Barber, who is uh, not only CEO but actually vice chairman as well. He was given that title a couple of years ago. Um, we've got Dan Ashworth, who obviously Newcastle have approached, but he as our technical director. And right yeah. the way through the club, the whole core is not only very well organised and very good at their jobs, but it, it's a very happy environment. And I yeah. think. Graham Potter does recognise. He did say, "Why would I go anywhere else at the moment? This is this is as good a setup as you could possibly have. We've got one of the best training grounds in Europe. We've got um, a brilliant stadium now. Um, yes, it's not the biggest, and we're not the biggest club. Those are the only things you can say against it. Other than that, everything's just right. And yeah. it's going to take him time to get to the point where he wins a trophy, unless he happens to to do well enough to win an FA Cup or a League Cup." Well, you never yeah, know. I mean, the lottery we, of it is it's we've been there. odds against, isn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, yeah. We, you know, we've been there. Mike, good evening. How are you, sir? Potter to glory told you, Chris. Mike, Man United fan, but he's a big, he's a big Graham Potter fan as well. Like I say, I'm prepared to say that, you know, he's doing better than than I, I thought. But all this has been, you know, he should take over from Southgate and all this. I just think it's a bit premature when he's not won anything. Um hmm. Terry says here, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Rodgers is a negotiator to go to Manchester United at the end of the season. I don't think he will do. I think Man United want a bigger manager than him. Um, so I think I think if Man United had come to Leicester and said, we want Brendan, they wouldn't have to wait till the end of the season. I think they'd have paid up the compensation and, and got him. I think they're, they, they, they're, they're buying up a bigger manager at Man United than, than, than Rodgers. David, good evening. Uh, the difficulty I have is finding the balance between the fair criticism of his performance and tactics and acknowledgement that injuries have really hurt us and we expect too much from the team. That sums it up spectacularly, David. It is exactly, exactly right. But I want to go back, Russell, if I can... To to the uh, to the Brighton fan on the uh, on on YouTube <laughs> was it a lucky yes. point for us? I mean, you know, it was a very tight game, and we'll look at the stats later. It was very very close, um, and if you'd had your shooting boots on, who knows? But at the end of the day, you didn't take your chances, and we took our chance first. Yeah, I mean, this is where the glasses do come on. Let's go look at the stats while we're talking. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with the Brighton fan completely there that you've got you've mm. quoted. Um, I mean, lucky in the sense that the momentum was with us near the end and we might have snatched it. Um, yeah. So in that sense, there was a, I think that some of the national media guys and our commentators on our local one were saying that um, if anyone's going to win it now, it'll be us. And at yeah. that stage, yeah, 
So well, that probably, go that's maybe. probably a fair fair assessment. Yeah. To be honest, but yeah. the overall balance of the game, I'm, I was unable to watch it. Live. I've watched it back since in its entirety, yeah. thanks to good old Sky with their their replays. Um, yeah. But at the time, I was listening on the commentary for our BBC Sussex, and they were saying um, essentially it sounded like it was a bit of a scrappy first half, uh, which I mm. did. Having seen it, I would would agree with. Yeah. Um, Leicester had the better of that half, definitely. I think, mm. um, and obviously got the. Uh, Got the goal um, just after, the, you know, after the second half started, yeah. and at that stage, I would say, uh, I, I don't think we were unlucky to be behind. I think it was just one of those fairly close games. Leicester yeah. were edging it, then they got the goal. No, no, no yeah. complaints there. Um, what I do think is that um, we're still not. We're, we're improving at scoring. We are getting more goals than we were in the famous XG <laughs> that we had last season. <laughs> But yeah. we are missing. What we've done is we've scored goals from all around the team a lot more. But yeah. in this particular game and one or two other games I could mention recently, our shooting's been woeful. And in this game, you had Alexis McAllister, who I've always been a big fan of, and who is now really coming into his own. He's a cracking player. You'll see yeah. in his corners are great. For example, um, he needs, and I think he will improve his um, his shooting from distance. He's one of those players where we could pluck the extra goals here and there along the season. His shooting was yeah. terrible in that game. He had two shots that went nowhere near the um, the top of the stand, let alone the, uh, the goal. <laughs> and, um, and we had Modo, who had obviously that show, cracking player again, who I really rate, and I thought had a good game, very good mm. game. But he had his shot. I mean, it was his weak foot, but he had that shot where he just kind of spooned it where he's trying to volley it with his left foot, which was one of yeah. the chances near the end. And yeah. Yeah, that went up off into orbit. I think that's still up there somewhere. I can tell um, you, we're waiting for that to come down. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, if, if we'd have scored one of those, then yeah, yeah, obviously then... I think we got very nervous at the end when you got the goal. And Danny Welbeck, yeah. I don't, I can't stand him. And that's nothing personal. It's just he always oh, really? scores against us, which is oh, right. why I can't stand him. <laughs> he did for Arsenal. I think he did for yeah. United. And he, he, he does for you as well. I just, you know... Why? Just give us a break, Danny, please. <laughs> but you know, we we did get nervous towards the end because once you got that goal back, we're thinking like, oh god, are we going to have another Tottenham Hotspur? And I don't, yeah. I don't mind losing to Tottenham Hotspur because they're almost like our bogey team, if you like, and it's almost a given that we will lose to Tottenham Hotspur. We, we had this with Arsenal a few seasons ago. We couldn't beat Arsenal. I don't think we I don't think we beat Arsenal for about six years or something like that. Ridiculous. Um and it's the same with Tottenham at the moment, but it was the way in which we lost it. You know, it was yeah. the 94th, 95th, 96th minute when we were conceding goals two straight after each other. Better naivety there, but that's bound to, I think, when you got your goal, don't the Leicester players were just thinking, oh no. Not again. Hmm. It's understandable, isn't it? But you've just had yeah. that bad experience literally a few days earlier. Um, yes. And also bearing in mind our record, I mean, the, the goal we did score was late, but our record with late goals is insane. And it's to do mm. with the conditioning, the physical and mental strength of the team, the way Graham has built them up. This is part of the, the credit I give to him is is that the fact that they are they are really there for the, for the full match. And yeah. we've scored so many late goals. Quite a few of them have been equalisers in one or draws. I mean, that's something like the sixth yeah. or seventh one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Um, but obviously, we've we've been capable of scoring two late goals. We we came from behind to beat Burnley, and, one, and the, the late goal mm. there was a winner. And um, yeah. we, you know, we, we, there's other games the same. And we, um, yeah, I mean, there was a very good chance that 
the Leicester fans had every good reason to be worrying about the possibility of yeah. another goal going in because yes. we are in the habit of doing that. Yeah. And as I, as I said there, we touched on it earlier, you know, you are that you have got the best away record and you know you, you have got you know a certain section of fans and you will look at these games and you'll go on paper at the start of the season i always do i used to do it as a kid and i still do it now thinking well we could win that one we might only get a draw there now that's man city away we're going to lose that one and go through it and i think with no disrespect after the couple of seasons we had had and the couple of seasons you had that first game i think we thought we're going to you know, I'd have had us down, yeah, this is Brighton, we're going to win, with all respect. Mm. Uh, and I think the way that you played that first one, and then looking how you've gone on for the rest of the season, I don't think you've been out of the top 10. And That's right, know, yeah. I think briefly over, you know, with, with the matter of yeah. the order of games, one we can yeah. decide, yeah, that's right. But we couldn't take, we couldn't look at this and go, oh, it's only Brighton. No, it's only Brighton who've got the best away record in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean... Actually, with the, with the home game, I have to say I, I can't disagree with you because our home record over the last couple of years is not great. Actually, mm. there's a lot of draws, but not not anywhere yes. near enough wins. Really, I mean, a lot of that relates obviously to last season, but obviously this season when you came to play us, and in the start of this season, on on that basis, there's every reason to to think this one's winnable because yeah. Everton beat us this season. For goodness' sake, that was their only purple patch. Um, City beat us, which yeah. is obviously no surprise. Um, yeah. And uh, who was the other team? Oh, Wolves. Wolves beat us. But that, right. that was a game, that was the one we tried to get cancelled. Uh, but of course, they said no, because we're not one of the top six. Um, and uh, <laughs> and um, it was a scruffy game and we were very weak. But we've had, yeah. we've had players out all season at some point. We've had mm. some of our best talent has been out at every single stage. We've had Lamptey yeah. at the beginning of the season and Webster together at one point. Then we've had Webster back and, and Dunk's gone out and we've had then we've had Lamptey in, but we've then lost, you know, Basuma for a bit and now he's yeah. off at AFCON along with Mwepu, who would have been the good backup. And yeah. I know this is almost not a patch on what you guys have had, but um, you know, we've we've had to weigh weigh our way through a few problems as well along the way, which mm -hmm. is why I was so endeared to Thomas Tuchel's post match comments in both games against us, uh, where on both occasions we've got the uh, got the one all draw. And yeah. he was complaining about his schedule and his his squad. You know, he had a Champions League, Champions League winning squad. He brought on, I think, more his three subs that came on at once late in the game at the Amex cost more than our entire starting eleven. <laughs> and he, and he yeah. think, and they, and they, some of them have been rested. And you think, well, a little bit of uh, grace and magnanimity wouldn't go amiss here. Wouldn't Thomas. go amiss. But it's true. Yeah. And like, I mean, we. I mean, it's silly now. I mean, you know, if, if I if I bring the table up here, um, he says, if he gets the right mouse, um, uh, add this in. I mean, that that wasn't that wasn't really a point. wasn't really much use to either of us. But you know, we sat on twenty six, and you know, I'm not going to. You know, last year we were we were up in third. It was ridiculous last year, but we set it. We've got twenty six points. Sat in tenth, a place behind you. We've got two games on you, and I know. You, know, you shouldn't have the points on the board and games in the hand, but the table it's just so mixed up because everybody's on different games. I mean, Burnley, they've yeah. got about four games on Norwich. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And and I honestly think because I, I hadn't thought this season was the season that we get back to normality as much as Premier League football is ever normal. Um, but we haven't. I mean, you know, look at Southampton. 
you know, they, they, they've got two draws off Man City. You know, I said, oh, I couldn't see Man City dropping many points between now and the end of the season for Liverpool or Chelsea to catch them. Southampton go up to their place yeah. and get a one. In fact, take, have the audacity to take the lead. And it is anybody can beat anybody on their day this season. Yeah, Chris, you were saying about, you know, looking looking through the fixtures at the beginning of a season and saying, mm. we could get a point here, we could win this. How often yeah. does it, it never really works out that way anyway, does it? <laughs> no. Um, no. The only football was played on paper, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that Liverpool title winning season, Watford beat them 3 0, didn't they? <laughs> yes. How, how did yeah. that happen? <laughs> yes, you just I know, and and it, that's what that's what we love. I mean, you know, yes, we know it's always going to be the same top three. No disrespect to Rich, who's in from Rich Sports, great Man United channel. If you ever want, if you want to follow anything Man United, yeah, Rich Sports TV. He he knows what Manchester's going through at the moment, but you've got the big, you've got the Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and unfortunately, it's kind of boring because it's always going to be them three swapping places. So I prefer to watch the bottom of the table because that's that's more exciting. Um, but like I say, you know, it, it's I, I I like it though for that the West Ham are up there and giving it a go because we're not this season. I, I, I want to see these sort of smaller teams, and no disrespect because I count us in that still, you know, do, do well and, and create a bit of an upset. Uh, could, you but, see, could you see Brighton doing what West Ham did this year, which is to sustain that position in the top four or five for longer than we did do and do what West Ham did? I know they've dropped off a bit and then come back, but yeah. is that feasible the way we're going at the moment? To be honest with you, I don't see why not. You know, why Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you? know? if you'd have said two two seasons ago, do you know what, Chris? Leicester are going to be in the top four all season for two seasons and just lost, lose out on the last day. I'd have gone, yeah, all right, on your bike, you know. <laughs> go, go and wobble your head somewhere. So <laughs> I could say, why not? And this season, it is open, you know. I mean, if you look at the table, uh, Man United... Once you get past, like I say, those first three, Man United, I mean, Rich said we were predictable with a one-all draw. You know, they're predictably unpredictable, Man United. So you don't know what's happening with them. West Ham, they're kind of there or thereabouts. But if they get a couple of injuries, they're struggling. Arsenal, you never know. I mean, you know, one they have a win and all the fans are going, yeah, you know, Arteta for England sort of thing. And you know, they lose one, Arteta out. Uh, so you never know what's going to happen with Arsenal. Uh, I mean, you know, look at the way they played against Forest, you know. Tottenham, yeah, Conte, right, Conte's had been unbeaten since he came over. But, you know, to lose three times in a couple of weeks to the same club is a bit unforgivable. Um and then you've got, say, you've got Wolves, you've got yourselves, you've got Villa. I'd even stick Villa in there. There's no reason. And I say, much as I sort of don't get, climb onto the Graham Potter bandwagon that he, he, he's sort of, you know, this this super tack, he's a new pep or anything. But at the end of the day, he's doing something right at the moment. And if he is as good as, as he seems to be, he may get you into Europe, you know. And I think. You are very much like us. I mean, if you say, let's say you finish seventh, and that will put you in the Europa Conference. Now, I would imagine, as a Brighton fan, you'd be quite happy with that. Where the oh, Arsenal yeah. fans are sort of saying, oh, we don't want to be in the conference. That's below us. And it's like, you're not in anything this season, buds. Again, <laughs> wobble your head. <laughs> so there's no reason why you can't finish in that seventh place or even higher. 
um, if, if you just make some of those draws into wins. Mm. Yeah, it's always possible, isn't it? And you're right, mm. we, we would definitely be delighted. Unlike you guys, we've not had any European campaign, apart from some friendlies, we've not had European action ever. Um, yes. If we'd have won that cup final in 83, it would have been different. <laughs> but there we yes. go. Um, but, Is that the one yeah, with the so guy with the... The, yeah, Steve Foster, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Foster, that right. was it. Yes. Yeah, he was yeah, missing yeah. for the first game, came back for the for the, the other match, and we thought we'd, yeah. we'd miss him in the first game. We didn't. And the second game, we got thrashed 4-0 by <laughs> Man United. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, so for us, we take it at the moment, even though there is a worry with that, of course, because you've, you've our squad, although we've got a strong squad and we've got lots of players out on loan who are coming through, sort of elements of a smaller scale version of what Chelsea are doing, with a lot yes. of players developing in championship level and doing really well, mm. I still think it was going to be a big challenge if we did get into the Europa Conference spot or higher to yeah. um, to to manage to well to manage to manage the squad actually um, over that period because that would be tough, especially if you carry on having these kind of COVID interruptions that are still dragging themselves out. Um, however, we take it because it'll be a one. I don't think we go down as a result of. Uh, no. The extra demands, and I'd, I would take it all day long at the moment. I mean, look, look at West Ham. Look at us. Last season, we were in Europe, and we still finished fifth again. So it, mm. <laughs> it, you know, yeah. um, the conference is played on the same day as the the, the the Europe. What I don't agree with is the. I agree with Mike's comment there. Yeah, Arsenal fans are deluded, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I don't agree with is if you fail at one cup, you shouldn't be able to drop down into the one below it. Yeah, you know, I agree we, with that. Yeah, you know, West Ham, and they will admit it. You know, speak to West Ham fans; they totally agree that they've got they've got a good group this season. We had a good group last season, and we got you know we, we did get through it eventually. And in the Champions League, when we were in it, we had a very good, easy group. Then this year, it was the group of death. And I mean, on that last day, everybody at some point was going through to the next round. But the way it ended. You know, we, we dropped out, but I don't agree with that. I mean, Man United did it this season before. Sorry, um, Richard, Mike, but, you know, you nearly won the Europa League, and I don't agree with that. You know, you, you, you're you getting rewarded for failure, and I'm happy we're still in Europe, but I don't agree with it, if that makes sense. I think it cheapens the competition, doesn't it? If, because you've yes. got, it's this lot, but then, oh, no, it's not, it's this lot as well. It, yes, I, I just yeah. don't like that sort of format it's no, a bit like no. playoffs where someone's won a title and then they've got to go into a playoff to win the title yeah you've already union, won it. Yeah, that, that, don't they? yes yeah the one yeah. the one thing leicester used to be really good at we we, we were the uh the um manchester city of uh, rugby union <laughs> a few years <Nice>. ago <laughs> we haven't for a few years but you'd, you'd come top and then you'd have to go into a playoff like you say to to yeah. see who wins it. Well, we're like we finished top, you know. <laughs> That's it. Um, but no, I, 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 I see no reason why why you couldn't. And you know, maybe that's when we start to see how good Graham Potter is, and then he will deserve the credit that he gets. Yeah. You know, and I think just to go back to to to, to that to that Brighton fan and what he was saying about you know you battered us in the second half. I mean, when you look at the the, the stats here. Uh, and I know stats don't tell you the full story all the time. And possession, I ignore possession because you know we won the league with about twenty five percent possession every match. But shots, we had fifteen, you had fourteen. Um, shots on yeah. target, five each. Corners, we had four, you had five. I mean, to me, that says, you know, neither team 
took their chances. You know, to have for a Premier League team, whether it's yourselves or us, to have 15 or 14 shots and only get five of those on target is not. You, you would more than that. Hello? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Sorry, I thought, I thought you'd frozen for a minute then. Um, but you I think would. I did. You? Something went. Yeah, yeah uh, but you yeah. would. You, I mean, you know, you, you look at that and you're thinking, you know, any team worth the salt should be at least 14 shots. You should be getting most of those on target. Yeah, and that's the same stats I was just looking at. I mean, possession wise, we we were almost every game. In, I think, I think, including um, Man City last season, we we had, we dominated the possession. As you said, that that tells you something about the style of play maybe but it doesn't tell you yeah. about the actual the nitty-gritty of the game and as you said yeah. all of the other stats are well they're as good as dead on aren't they completely yes. dead straight yeah. and and that tells you that nobody battered anybody there that's for sure yeah. so that brighton fan you, you always get people on online i don't know where you got that one from but yeah social media he actually, wherever else, he actually replied to my post-match video on youtube Oh right, okay. So okay. he can say what he wants because he's, he's he's increased my watch time. So, <laughs> so go on and criticize. But hey, no, you know he's he's entitled to his you know his thought. It's like you know when we lost to Liverpool and um, in, in in the Caribou Cup and we were ahead and we they equalised and it went to penalties. We got knocked out and a Liverpool fan was surprised that I was upset. <laughs> what the hell? I'm not going to come on and go. Well done, Liverpool. Well done. Yeah, great. You know, it's the that. How did you think your team played? Because I mean, the good news for us is that James Justin is back, and I know it's a cliche, but you know, 387 games. I think it is or something, but certainly 11 months that he hasn't played for us um, properly. Um, it's like having a new signing back, as much as that is, is a cliche. But Alan, who does my match stats as soon as he leaves the ground, he, you know, he, he gave the manager four for changing the tactics. You know, why the best form of attack uh, of for defence for me is attack. You know, once we took Daka off, we kind of lost that a little bit. And, you know, we're trying to hold on to a 1 0. You can't hold on to a 1 0, it's too yeah. risky. And the team you only gave the team a five, but we how pleased were you with your team performance? Um, relatively pleased, I think. Um, part of the reason why you say about the hang on to the one nils is because we play a high line and we, you know, we really do defend from the front, um, yeah, and we do it pretty effectively. We won a lot of balls in this game and, and all, all the games this season, really. I don't think we used it effectively enough often enough in this particular match. Um, I think there was some sloppy passing, which we don't normally have, which is a bit uncharacteristic. Um, and as I've already mentioned about the shooting from range was not yeah. great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> overall, if you take those elements out, I'm pretty pleased because, again, we you know, we were playing a normal game and we, you know, we were, were taking the game to you. And the fact that we weren't certainly weren't second best in the game, always happy with that against a quality side. And I know you guys have got some people out, but... You're still a quality team, regardless. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, so overall, I'm reasonably happy with it. Um, we could have played better. We have played better this mm -hmm. season. Both games against Chelsea, uh, the Arsenal game um, where we dominated but just couldn't score, um, and I would say the Palace game as well, um, the yeah. second game against them, um, our old friends, and and there's some other examples I could give. So I think we played better, but I, I think it was a reasonably good performance. Um, 
I'm particularly pleased with some of the players that have come back into it. So Grosh uh, hasn't been having a great season, to be honest. He's always been slow. That's never been his thing. But his deliveries yeah. from set pieces and from just crosses in general are always a good quality. And he hasn't had that this season. And I thought um, he, he did okay. Alzate has been out for so long. He's a young lad who we saw him from Leighton Orient. He's Colombian parentage, born and brought up here. And he right. came through the latter part of our youth academy and then on into the first team. And he started pretty comfortably, looking composed, very good on the ball. Um, obviously still raw, making mistakes, but generally pretty good. Then he had COVID for, I think, pretty much long COVID for a while. Then he had a, a couple of injury issues. He's only just come back in the last couple of games. And he absolutely bossed it in the defensive mid position against Chelsea and um, I thought he had another good game in this match him and Modder in midfield I think were the two things I'm probably the most pleased from yes. the game but I was, I was happy happy with everything apart from some of the finishing yeah <laughs> but I, think, I was just pleased today. to see one of our long-term injuries back <laughs> you know it, yeah, it's, well, it's been hard and we, we do criticize Vestergaard quite rightly in a lot of the times you know I think Craig sums him up best he's six foot seven when he stood on the ground, and he's six foot two when he jumps. He's absolutely... <laughs> that sounds like Dan Burns' description <laughs> yeah. from offense. <laughs> he's, he's, but he's come into a bat four that's not really been the same for more than two games at a time. So, you know, you and when you're not playing regularly with the same players, you know, you put a ball because you know player A would be there, but you've got player D next to you, and he has no idea what you're doing. So... I kind of get it. We we our different. We've only kept, I think, two three clean sheets this season, and that really sums up our back four. That's, and you can't blame the you, goalkeeper. You know, it's not like you. It's not. But like you say, when you come to think, who we've got out, we've got we've had uh, we've got Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs both retired. Uh, James Justin, like I say, has been out eleven months. Fafana has been out since the start of the season because that Spanish git. Broke his leg in the friendly. Yeah, do what friendlies are, Spain. Um, <laughs> Castagna um, has been in and out the squad, and you know, Pierre has been in and out the squad. And Soyuncu's been off form a bit, hasn't he? Soyuncu has been really, yeah, he had yeah. a bad Euros with Turkey. Yeah. And I never thought I'd say this, but I was really glad when Amati came back from uh, <laughs> from Afcon early. And that last year we were saying the same about him as we were about Vestergaard. But it has been a bad form. Of course, when players come back, just James Dustin is very good, but they don't come back as a hundred percent the same as the player that was there before they got injured. Yeah. Madison, it took him a while to get his mojo back, if you like, you know. Yeah. I'm just going to say a quick hello to Niall Kane. Niall, how the devil are you, sir? Um, watch out for Niall. He's doing a quiz. You remember our quizzes, uh, <laughs> uh, oh. Russell? But Lower got, mid-table in the end, was it, for me? I, I don't know. I, I can't. I think you were you were mid table like safety. I think you were. <laughs> yeah. um, but Niall, he's, he's going to do one, but he's doing a different one because we've already got um, a Man United fan on, but he is doing this tomorrow at seven o'clock. He's taking on Brad, and basically we have got four four sections. That the questions are on: Who are you? Peep show, snog, marry, avoid, and sixty nine. Now, I'm not going to say anything about what those topics relate to, but they are all football, so don't worry. We're not a porn quiz or anything <laughs> like that with the last section. But uh, catch an eye tomorrow at, at, at 7 o'clock. 
So where, and thanks for coming on as always, um, Russell, where do you see Brighton finishing up this season? This season, um, I think it's, we. I think we're just going to probably stay quite consistently at the same sort of position in the table. Yeah. I would probably just say 10th actually at the moment, yeah. um, just slip maybe somewhere, somebody have a run maybe that we won't be able to um, override. Um, I think we could finish ninth where we are now. Best bet would probably be eighth, I would say. But I would, I, I think we'll finish tenth. And if but it's that's a little bit below you. that, I still don't mind. You know, no, for, for for Brighton, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful, but it is baby steps for any club, isn't yeah. it? You know, oh, yeah. and I yeah. often think it was great that we won the Premier League, but sometimes I think, did we do it too soon? <laughs> and it's never. I mean, well, in, never, in some ways, it's never surely, too soon. You know what say, I mean? Yeah, I know what you, you mean, know. though. Yeah, yeah. Trying to keep up that momentum, so yeah. you know. Um, I mean, Newcastle have come out and said, yeah, you've got all this money now, but we're not going to win the title within the next two years at least sort of thing. So I think for Brighton, yeah, if you finish top 10 this season, because where did you finish last season? It was about 14th, was it, or 13th? I think it was 14th or 15th mm-hmm. in the end. It was yeah. still not where we should. It was two or three teams. We had Newcastle, who looked pants every time we saw them play. Same yeah. with Palace. And they both finished above us somehow. It's just think, how have they done that? They just plucked out results here. Yeah, Newcastle did it by beating us 4 2. <laughs> the buggers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so but, finishing 10th, yeah. you know, 8th, 9th, 10th is, is, a, is, a, is the first step for you. And a good Yeah, that would be a marked improvement. We'd yeah. Be happy with and that. then, and I suppose the question is with everybody raving about uh, Graham Potter, if you can keep hold of him. Yeah. Um, and I sometimes think, I mean, I know it's it's hard to turn down these jobs because, you know, how often do you, do you get offered, say, Man United, uh, you know, or, or a big Chelsea, it's a big club like that. So it is hard to say no. But sometimes I think managers are better off staying where they are. Yeah. I think so. It's a gamble, isn't it? I mean, sometimes yeah. you stick and things go wrong and then you wish you'd gone. Other times yes. you jump ship and things don't work out there and then you can't get another job as good as the one you had in the first place. It can go either way. <laughs> but I do think Graham with us, definitely it's it's got longevity. It's going to carry yes. on growing the longer yeah. he stays with us. And I think he'd be happy to stay with us for a number of years if nothing ridiculously exciting comes along um, elsewhere. Um, but um, yeah, I think with some clubs, it's there's a right time to leave, and I don't think we're anywhere near that between the two of us at the moment, between the club no. and the fans and, yeah. and and the manager. Um, but he's, I mean, you might have heard this booing fuss that happened after we drew with, I think it was with uh, Leeds or Newcastle. I think it was with Leeds, mm. and that was borne out. Just it was a small number of people, more disgruntlement with or frustration more than disgruntlement actually and it was a very small number but because it was on that side of the pitch and mm. he heard it they saw him mouthing oh, i can't believe they're booing and it got blown out of all proportion and you do wonder then if if we then carried on not winning could that escalate some out of nowhere and you think oh please don't say that's gonna happen because it'd be ridiculous i didn't for one minute think it would but no. you start to think don't you um, but I, I don't know. Our, our fans got booed off on on Sunday after our match. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, it's as I said, it's a temporary lull. You've got circumstances that explain why you're not doing as well this year. The injuries and so on. Yeah, and the disruption with COVID and everything else. Um, I think 
as long as you're happy with him, there's no fundamental issues that you can see with Brendan Rodgers, which are warning signs of the future. As long as things yeah. are generally on the right path, I'd say stick with him as well, yeah. Because I yes. think we've both got great managers, to be honest. Yeah, and, oh, I um, agree, I agree. As much as I criticise him, you know, you sometimes you have to take bite the bullet and have a bad season or have a bad run. Terry, yeah. talking about things being bad... Um, our defender Vestergaard has got COVID, he's got rigor mortis. Oh, that <laughs> that deserves that. I'm sorry, but what Terry did say earlier, and what I quite I like this about Brighton, the same as Leicester here. Uh, the thing is, that what, what he likes about Brighton is although they're close to London, they still got that family club feel. Yes, yeah, I, I think we have, I think we have mm. got that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, um, I mean, the games when we play the London sides, it's always got a sort of like a general feel of a derby game because it's, you know, a day out yeah. in London, day out in Brighton. It's kind of one of those things goes back, way back in time. Um, yeah. But in terms of, the, the, yeah, the local area, it's the club for the whole of Sussex, really. Um, aside from Crawley, who've come into the league in the last few years at a lower level, um, it's the only professional uh, and Sussex club, and it's the only yeah. Sussex club historically that's been in the, the top divisions. Um and so it has had that wider appeal. You get Sussex in general comes. I'm from Worthing originally, which is down the coast, about 11 yeah. miles away from Brighton. Um, but that is the local team. You know, you can go and watch Worthing as well. In fact, I did do that on Saturday. But, um, right. you know, it's those those people will go to Brighton as well. Yes. And you get families from all over coming as well. Yeah, I would say so. And I, I, I'm, I would be remiss of me if I didn't ask, because a lot of people have said, ask him, ask him, ask him. And we have, I have asked you this before, but I complete, I've got to admit, I've completely forgotten. <laughs> the rivalry between you and Crystal Palace, is it simply the uh, fact yes. that you've just said there's no... I'm trying to remember what you said to me with the fact that you wasn't any Crawley at the time and Palace is the nearest one to you. Yeah, it's strangely, it is factually the case that, yes, Palace is actually the nearest club to Brighton, notwithstanding Crawley's recent yeah, arrival yeah. on the scene. And obviously yeah. we're not in the same divisions as them anyway. So, no. yeah, Palace is the nearest one to us. Obviously that doesn't work the other way around. But um, it's I think it's something like three miles nearer than Portsmouth which is the only other one going the other direction. Yeah. And obviously Portsmouth are much closer to Southampton and with long historical yeah. issues there between the yes. cities. They really hate each other. They um, do. They do, don't they? We, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we have a healthy rivalry with the Hampshire sides, particularly Portsmouth, mm. um, which gets a bit spicy, as particularly in, in the past. Um, but Palace is the only one. And, and what it is with Palace, it goes back to, I think there were some issues in the mid-70s um, but culminating in 1976 when Mullery was our manager and Venables was their manager. And they hated each other. They were rivals at, uh, at club and international level. They both wanted the captaincy for England. Then they got into management at the same time as young managers. And there were some very spicy encounters. We had a cut match, which went to a, a second replay, if you remember those, wow. Chris. Oh, yes, I do. Um, um, I've had a few of them. <laughs> so it went to a neutral venue, which was Stamford Bridge. And... There was a penalty that got retaken, which should never have been retaken. And of course, we missed the retake, um, having scored the original. And it all kicked off. There was all sorts of aggro, uh, which there had been a lot through those years anyway. We were yeah. in the same divisions all the time as yeah. well. And um, Mullery threw a handful of cash. Oh, he got, he, sorry, um, some fans threw a hot coffee over him um, near the dugouts. And then he, um, he threw some cash on the floor and said, your fans aren't worth that. And there was major widespread 
violence that day and on subsequent occasions all through the 70s and 80s i remember going to the games from probably for about 1981 i think because i was about 10 years old from then uh, managed to get to a couple of away games and you started to realize this these two really hate each other yes, it's a quirky yeah. one but it, it is one of those ones that you know you've you've got it with your, your local clubs as well local rivals mm. so to speak um yes. You've got crossover areas. You're working in areas between the two areas, um, in in offices and whatever else, you know, shops, wherever else people are working. And you've got that banter going on. So places like Crawley, Gatwick, um, bits of South London, you've got lots of Brighton and Palace fans uh, exchanging banter all the time in workplaces and all that sort of stuff, living areas. You know, a lot of people from Brighton live in London and in particular South London. And lots of Palace fans live down on the coast as well. Um, quite a few in Eastbourne for some bizarre reason, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so it is the retirement capital of the country yeah. that is. Yeah. But, but it's, uh, it's keenly felt, and I mean, we 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 hate each other. In, I mean, you know, I'm not going to start going around punching people, but uh, <laughs> some some idiots do that. But yeah, we absolutely hate them. I cannot stand them being above <laughs> us in the table. So this season has been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I am Long sure. I am sure. Uh, Ross, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yep. thank, don't, I don't thank you at all for getting an equaliser. <laughs> suppose not. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess we've ended the season. When you come to think, we've played each other three times. You've won one. We've won one, and it's a draw. So we've we've balanced it out there. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yep. But uh, it does say on there. But just tell um tell everybody where they can find and listen to you. Uh, yeah, so it's um, I don't do anything in video-wise, YouTube no. or anything like that, so it's just a podcast. Uh, we put out either one or two a week, depending on what, what kind of stuff's going on at the time. Um, it's it's just called the Brighton Rock Podcast. Um, it's available on all the usual typical platforms, you know, your Spotify's, uh, yeah. iTunes, and various other um, of, the, of the usual typical sites. I'm also on Twitter, at Brighton Rock Pod. Um, so you can check us out on there. Please do follow us, get the numbers yep. up. It all helps, doesn't it? I can yep. follow back and so on. Um, and yeah, we've, we've been going for a couple of years. It's It's been good fun. It's usually me and a co-host, Peter, um, and we get a, a, some regular guest contributors on there as well. So we, we normally put one out as a match review and there'll either be some yep. kind of feature, special guest or a preview or a mixture of those things on an yep. extra episode. So, And we've been doing some non-league specials, which is why I went to Worthing at the weekend, which was a brilliant day out, 1,300 there and uh, it's it's great fun watching the the, the I, league I, stuff I, as well. Um, I, when I moved down, because you know I live in Paul on on, on yes. in Dorset, yeah. and when I moved down here, I actually started to go and watch Paul Town because so, I could see them live, and I actually worked for them as a steward for quite a while, and and it was lovely. It is you know grassroots football. I can remember we had Charlie Austin just before we moved to Swindon. And, and and really went, went went places. But unfortunately, then Leicester started to do well. And we started to, to do well and obviously won the Premier League. And, I, and it was, well, do I stop in and watch Leicester or do I go and watch Paul? And I'm sorry, <laughs> Leicester, <laughs> Leicester pulled me. But uh, it's nice to That's go and support your local clubs as well. But, uh, mm. but Russell, thanks very much, mate. All the best for the rest of the season. And, you, you know, like I say, Europe, you never know. Good luck. I think you could probably do it. Yeah. Never know. We might still both be in there next season. That'll be quite nice, wouldn't it? I'll take that now. I'll take that now. <laughs> so bye. All the best, mate. Take care. Thank All you right. very much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks to Russ there for coming on. Uh, and Brighton Rock podcast 
Um, he, 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 do, he does some great, uh, great things on there. Do get out and listen to him. Uh, Mike Watford are a disgrace. I don't know. We, we could we could have seen that coming, couldn't we? Really? I mean, I'm going to go into it in more detail. I've got a show coming up at in well in 56 minutes, so um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be looking at the weekend's soccer action and news. And so pop on and see us then. And we're going to have a we're going to have a chat uh, a chat about Watford then. But it was a weird it was a weird decision. Let's just say that right from the start. Um, when he didn't do what he, he, he couldn't keep Fulham up, could he? So, um, David, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Um, managing to just slip in at the end there. And uh, and Maisie, good evening, Maisie. How are you, devil are you? Uh, I will see you in fifty six minutes, Daisy. For the second show, we've got we've got something to talk about now, Mister Ranieri. Should he give up? Should he give up now? And uh, and and he's starting to look a bit foolish, is he? I think he just might be. Thanks for joining us, uh, Maisie. As always, it's a pleasure to see you. I'll see you later. Well, I'll see you in just under an hour. Thanks, everybody, for watching uh, on YouTube. And thank you if you are listening on um, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast platform. We are all over the place. I'll see you in an hour. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.